Tisov shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Stastny stopped by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Even if Peter Stastny. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him. As Frankie Sparkman on that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stastny. He should get 5 to 10 for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host, Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I talked to the first goalie who reached out to me after learning of the podcast. I'm talking to Callie of the Teeny Tendy and Coach California Instagram profiles. We have a few connection issues in this issue, but I tried to edit them out. But before I talk to Callie, let's take a quick break. And now, back to the show. Hey everybody, Joe here for Anchor, the podcast provider. Here's all you really need to know. One, it's free, and two, Tendy Talk uses it. Anchor has features for your podcast like voicemail and listener support that's all available free through the Anchor app or through anchor.fm. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your episodes easily from your phone or computer. Then Anchor does the hard work of distributing your episode through all the major podcast distributors. That is, after you've registered with them, of course. You can also make money for your podcast. I know I will try and do so, so that I can cover simple costs like website hosting. There is no minimum listenership required for you to start earning, so you can start right away. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Callie, thanks for joining me today. It's uh, great to have you on. Um, and yeah, thank, thanks for hopping on the podcast to talk goaltending. And uh, I'm, I'm going to assume we'll probably talk a little bit training as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All things considered, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, my first question is, how does somebody in California get into hockey, you know, in the first place? Uh, I actually grew up in Lake Tahoe. So, okay. Um, Lots of snow, lots of frozen ponds. Uh, I went to a couple of times to Mammoth to play at pond hockey with my friends because um, it's a short four-hour drive. It's not too bad. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty much that or skiing and snowboarding. So you pretty much had two choices for nine months out of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're pretty good choices if you ask me. I, I think both are – it's a win-win right there. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you got into hockey, you know, what drew you to the net and the tools of ignorance? Oh, man. Uh, so I got into hockey because I wanted to play the Sharks fantasy camp, um, which they're no longer doing, which is a bummer. But uh, you got to be a Sharks player for a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really want to do that. And I think it'd be awesome because I've been watching, you know, the Sharks since I was teeny tiny because we got them in you know, 1992. Yep. So, uh, it was awesome to have them. So I really wanted to get into it. And then also like, I think everybody my age says the mighty ducks, you know, pretty much talked us into like, this is what we're going to do as kids. Yeah. Uh, so I tried it. I did the learn to play. I really, I enjoyed doing it. I was one of the better skaters. Um, so one of the people were like, you might want to try goalie just because you know, you you already can skate. So that's kind of a good thing. Um, and then I got in the net and it was just like, I felt at home. I was like, this is what I was meant to do was to have 
pucks flung at me at 60 miles per hour or whatever. <laughs> we're beer league. We're not that fast. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Although some of those beer leaguers, they, they can rifle that puck where you're like, come on now, we got to wake up and go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, you're telling me because I am teeny. Yep. Um, I'm five four and I have a twenty six inch seam, so I have teeny tiny legs. Um, so I have to wear juniors or intermediate gear, and I can't handle pucks that fast. The gear's not made for anything that high intensity. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I've listened to a few podcasts recently with Maun Rayum. And she was talking about the same problem she had as she started moving up the ranks and the modifications she had to make to her equipment on her own, especially when she made it to uh, the Tampa Bay training camp. And it was, you know, mind boggling the stuff she had to do at that level. And one day the trainer was like, what are you doing? And that kind of helped, that kind of opened up the, uh, the door for her to get actual equipment for the level she was playing at. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that kind of money, but <laughs> if I did, <laughs> I totally understand. And I am like, you know, stock stuff at like the gear sales at the end of the year mm -hmm. and stuff and like be able to get these custom made awesome goalie sets. And I'm like, there's fit. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I, I want to know what some of these goalies are doing for a living it, it almost like what was kevin McAllister's dad doing to afford that house and take the whole family on a european vacation i've got the same feeling about some of these goalies and goalie parents it's like what are you doing to get brand new custom equipment every year i don't get it yeah i i mean i know on my beer league team at least like Half the team is big kid jobs, so doctors and lawyers. Yeah. And they show up in their Teslas, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to show up in a Tesla. Yep. I, well, I, the other day, showed up in a Porsche, and I'm like, how do you even get your gear in your Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And, you know, I, I've, got a, I've got a big kid job, so does my wife. You know, we're, we're comfortable. And when I... I break it down. Could I go out and buy new equipment today? Absolutely. But I'm still pretty darn cheap. And I'm like, well, that money could go towards the kids or that could go towards this house project. And I, I think that's part of the problem with me is there, there's always something else that money could go towards because that's a hefty investment in just me. It, it feels selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know, so you said something a little earlier that, that sparked a interest in me. You said you got into goaltending because you wanted to go to the Sharks fantasy camp. So that tells me you got into goaltending a little bit later. Not like a lot of uh, goalies I've been talking to where you got into it young. You know, it, it was uh, later in life, shall we say, after, you know, high school probably that you were like, hey, let, let's try this out. Um, what surprised you the most when, when you stepped in the net? One for me, like the eyes move, hands move, body moves, and then like the butter, like much, like my off-ice training took a huge like I had to do so much more just to be, have the leg power that you need mm -hmm. for goaltending. 
that I never even knew existed. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody thinks that goalies are overweight normally. And then you mm-hmm. see, like, the NHL players and you're like, holy cow, they're huge and slender. What? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I remember um, there used to be – I had it on VHS. It was a NHL production called The Masked Men, and they were talking to guys like Dominic Hoshik and – Mike Richter and um, John Van Beesbrook was talking about Mike Richter. And he's like, the guy's got legs that are like oak trees are just huge. And that's something when you look at goalies, a lot of us do have those naturally bigger legs just from the movements, you know, and I think most people are shocked to find out goalies aren't the large, most goalies, I should say, aren't the large overweight uh, players, but they're kind of the skinniest player on the team most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with the massive lower body. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's. I, I I think people underestimate the strength we have as long as we can use our legs for it. <laughs> so as a trainer, it's interesting you said because as a trainer, um, yeah, how did that change the way you worked out? Uh, because I, I know for me, I, I was talking to our strength coach in college and he didn't want the goalies doing a lot of upper body weight training. Of course he wanted us to work out our upper bodies, but he didn't want us building the bulk because it would have an adverse impact on our game. How did, you know, moving to goaltender change your workout regimen? Um, I was already starting to get into powerlifting. So for me, it was, not too much of a big difference. It was just making sure that I was taking the proper rest days. Um, but it was definitely, I realized at that time that, you know, deadlifts, squats, all of that stuff needed to come into play a lot more than, you know, my endurance. Cause I was pushing it more towards endurance for skating because I was trying to be faster and all that stuff. So I was trying to do the more long distance stuff. And then I realized that when I changed a goalie that you really have to have the short bursts of like fast energy rather than, you know, and that stamina to stand there in a squat position pretty much for like, you know, 15 minutes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when I think back to some of our team off ice training, it was always the goalies that were having no problem with the wall sits. We're like, all right, how, how long are we doing this? <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to guess you've probably read, read quite a bit and watched quite a few of Maria Mountain's videos as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of call her the, the goalie guru of uh, fitness anyway. <laughs> I do watch a lot of her stuff and I do appreciate a lot of her stuff. Um, we kind of waver in our mobility and yoga stuff because she mm-hmm. kind of disagrees with some of the stuff I say. Um, but I think that that's what makes it so fun is that, you know, you're going to find what suits you best. And that's the best thing. Yeah. And you can take bits from everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. And and I've talked to Maria and I I think she would agree with that is, you know, on an individual level, it's not a black and white. This works for everybody, but in the role she has of trying to educate as many people as possible, you know, this is what's going to work for most. So I, I think that's where her yeah. philosophy comes from. But she even said, you know, everybody's different. So every individual workout plan will be different. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So 
I've I found it interesting uh, talking to different goalies uh, that don't have you know the background of you know say Ron Tugnant who I talked to a couple weeks ago or some of the e-bugs I've talked to uh, that share their you know hockey life on social media like you and I do. Um, what inspired you to start sharing that journey uh, on social media? And how has it uh, maybe helped, I, I would say, help your game or even uh, uh, encourage your game? Because I know sometimes for me, I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, I suck right now. And then I post a video and people are like, hey, you, you played all right there. I have come to learn that the trolling on social media is not as bad as I think it is, <laughs> <laughs> or it's just because I'm a girl and they're trying to be nice. I don't know. But um, I feel like I punish myself more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I know that as soon as I miss a goal that I'm just thinking about it. And I've had multiple coaches tell me like, you have to let that go. <laughs> yep. um, but um, I'm telling people what I've gone through. I mean, so I met Justin and became an ambassador for Lift the Mask was because I said something. Um, I grew up skiing and snowboarding, you know, since I was two. So concussions came to me at a very young age that I actually got told at 16 that I would never get to snowboard again if I was going to continue the way that I was. Um, so I had to change the sports that I was playing and change the things that I was doing. So for me, being able to help another young athlete not have to suffer like I did, because I mean, it really stripped me of my identity. Mm -hmm. So it was learning how to build myself and find a new purpose that I didn't think existed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you brought that piece up about, uh, Justin and the lift the mask program, because I was going to ask about that is, you know, what, what really did, um, spark that interest in his, uh, program, you know, and, and what, uh, were you dealing with? Cause you did share a little bit of that the other day on your Instagram story and full disclosure, you know, I've, I've, uh, been an ambassador for a while and, and it's same thing concussions uh and mm -hmm. when I think back to the concussions I've had playing is um it hasn't changed me too much it hasn't thrown me into a depression that I know some goalies it has but I've noticed my anxiety or irritability and and I, I really didn't put the two and two together until I started uh following Daniel Carcillo uh who's been very outspoken um about it but uh I, I really like the the way that justin's kind of handled things where it's like hey we're all in this together let's just talk to each other you know how, how did you find out about the lift the mask program and um how has it really helped you finding it but i found the books and i read those first and then i i've been working with bets um since i started my fitness journey because helping people with PTSD and depression has been one of the driving factors in my passion for life. Um, mm -hmm. So when I found out that there was somebody promoting that it's okay to talk about it, I immediately messaged him and I'm like, I'm sure you get this all the time. And I'm sure I'm, it's not that big of a deal, but like, to me, like this was something that I already stood for and it was just so incredible to have a community like just to be accepted right away 
that he was just so embracing right away that he was just like, let me know if there's anything I can do. Let me know how I can help you. Um, I've also been working with Headway um, Concussion Awareness. Um, These are all things that are very, very, I don't want to say taboo to talk about, but I feel like it is. One of the biggest things that we see is players coming back way too soon Mm -hmm. than they should. Like, you know, Crosby is the best example that we can all come up with is that if he would have healed more, he probably would be able to last longer in the, you know, Mm -hmm. his career probably be longer, but the whole get up and go and go back fast be a big deal. Um, One of my teammates actually ended up getting a concussion by hitting the boards the other day. And it was like, he, as soon as it happened, he got off the ice and he was like, I need to go home. I know what it is. Mm -hmm. It was like, that's the first time that I've ever seen somebody actually be like, so like it's definitely done a 180 since I was a kid where they're like, just don't go to sleep and put a bandaid on it. You know? That's (laughs) <laughs> two two of my concussions that really, I, I think the one that really set me into motion to the side effects I probably still suffer today with the anxiety and stuff happened in college. And it was just that, you know, I, I uh, got ran toward the end of the third period, but it was a delayed penalty. So I laid motionless, just knocked out on the ice for like 30 seconds till the other team touched the puck. Well, when I heard the whistle, I started to get up. So the trainer didn't even come out. Uh, to check on me. I finished the last seven, eight minutes of the game holding onto the crossbar with my glove making saves. Um, And it wasn't until after the game, we had a box of fruit in the locker room after every game. And I'm halfway through an apple when I remembered, I don't like apples. And so I I thought something was wrong with me. And I walked to the (laughs) trainer's room and they look at me and they're like, what's with you? I said, did I get hit in the game? And trainer's like, oh, you got rocked. I was like, I don't remember that, um, you know, but, but that was, oh, goodness. The, I, I don't fault the trainer because that was the t- time, you know, th- that's, that's what we knew. But, um, you know, th- there's been so much we've learned in that's gosh, 20 years now that it, it's not as taboo anymore. And when somebody does get hit, you know, we look at them and say, take a rest. Uh, and I think that's good, but there's uh, still a lot more we need to learn because very much like uh, we're talking uh, training for goalies is different from person to person. The brain is different. It oh, responds yeah. differently. You know, for me, I was lucky. I healed quickly within a week or so, whereas one of my teammates, he's never really been able to go back to hockey since. Uh, he tries to, uh, but he, he just he can't, can't even play beer league. He can skate and practice as a coach, but that, that's about it. So it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but being able to talk oh, wow. about, it, I think is huge. It is. <laughs> and to have a place where you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's where the lift the mask program has been awesome, you know, because I, I think if another goalie sees that sticker on your helmet, they, they know after the game, they can talk to you. In fact, when I had Justin on uh, one of my first episodes, I let him know like that same week after the uh, pickup game I was playing in because it was right after Wisconsin opened up their rinks before after the first shutdown um, 
the goalie just started talking to me and like two and a half hours later, we're the last ones in the parking lot. It's pitch black out, but I'm just, I was like, this guy clearly just wanted to talk. Um, and, and it was just nice to be able to do that for him. And he know it was just, it was cool. Especially now, now is like the most trying time. I think any of us have ever experienced, especially not being able to go do our releases, like for us not being able to be in a gym or be on the ice, like has become, you're stuck in your mind more than you used to. <laughs> yep. Which is funny for goalies because we're kind of stuck in our minds when we're in the net anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think most people True. would be amused to find out. Um, I, I, I know at least for me and some of the goalies I've played with when we're at that other end by ourselves, it's a lot like Julie the Cat Gaffney and the Mighty Ducks, where we're just like, <laughs> down here, I want a cheeseburger. That's how we are. In <laughs> we're not thinking philosophically during a game. <laughs> no, that's what I love when they, like, mic up. Yeah. Some of the, the like, just beer league goalies, because, like, you get to hear the funniest stuff, because that's really what we're thinking. It's like, yep. you know, like, oh, why couldn't they play a better song during intermission? Or... You know, <laughs> yeah. Or I'm practicing moonwalking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, the stuff that goes through our heads <laughs> during those times. People, they might even be scared of what's going on in our head because we be thinking, are they really okay? Should we let them out in public after this game? <laughs> um, yeah, I actually had a, a high school coach who was getting his uh, PhD in psychology, and he said he almost wrote his thesis on me. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you bring a, up a great point that I, I even had in my notes here is through all of the lockdowns we've been, you know, we went through, it sounds like we're going through again in most states. I, I know today we're supposed to be hearing, I think our governor's probably on TV right now saying Friday night at midnight, ice drinks are being shut down for four weeks again. Uh, have you noticed, you know, your teammates and, and the clients you train, have you noticed um, the impact on them and, and their mental health and how have you been able to help them? I think, I mean, it's just trying to find the good that you can. Um, like here we're back in the purple phase and stuff is being locked down again. Um, we can't be in the gyms. We have to train outside, which I know it's not completely cold out here, but people don't <laughs> want to train outside. Um, and as of right now, Reeks, the only way you can play is if you are a private party. So that's how they've been kind of skating by some of this stuff, shall we say. Uh, so it's been trying to find the release. So like with some of my clients, it's been, you know, going out for hikes or doing different things that we normally wouldn't do. Or, you know, like I ended up investing in synthetic ice just so that I could have something in my garage. So now I have 17 feet of ice. So at least I can do what I need to do. But, yep. uh, which Maria Mountain actually talked about that too, because it is really, it gets you real dirty. Like, <laughs> yes. like snowflakes everywhere. So you have to like, it's kind of funny. Like we call it Zamboni in the ice, but we're really just vacuuming it because we don't want it all over the house. Uh, <laughs> but it's just finding a different release. And I know that it's, been tough for everybody and I'm I mean they say that it's actually right risen 10% in suicides just in the last six months so 
it's really the getting people to talk about it and understanding mm -hmm. that you're not alone. And I know that even like most of my clients are so over the zoom calls because nobody wants to look at themselves while they work out. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's still working on your mind and getting physical and getting action, you know, getting your body moving is one of the biggest things we got to still keep doing. Yeah. You know, when all of our stuff started shutting down here in Minnesota, I started taking the kids to the different state parks most weekends just so that we could get out get it some fresh air and we didn't have to wear masks as we hiked through the, you know, different forests, but it's like, well, now it's starting to get cold here. So that's not an option, but luckily the backyard ice rink is almost complete. So it'll be cold enough for that soon, <laughs> you know, um, which brings <laughs> up a question I had for you, you know, um, what's it like being a hockey fan in a warm weather climate where outdoor skating isn't an option where the ice fees I know from talking to other people in California can be ridiculous. You know, it, it's, it's gotta be hard to try and find that pickup game. Whereas, I mean, I can throw my kids down the, the street on the pond in the winter time and they can play in a pickup game. That, that's not an option for you guys. <laughs> I think like the for the love of puck guys when they came and me and chip tried to get open ice for us and it was pretty much completely impossible and then when we told them oh it's gonna be like five to seven hundred dollars they're like wait what <laughs> <laughs> um it's definitely not cheap um it's definitely i mean it takes an expensive sport and makes it more expensive for sure yeah um and where we live there's five rinks that are closed uh two of our one of them not a lot of time and then and you know with the kids being out of school now you know they're they're catering to children so really we get between like nine and midnight most days mm -hmm. <laughs> or or 5 a.m in the morning <laughs> yeah um which i heard maria talking about that it's like you don't really want to drink beer at 5 a.m but you know we can have mimosas or something yeah uh, you know I, i'm irish and we have the same that's the hardest drink... thing is... yeah i'm irish and we say if you're gonna drink all day you have to start in the morning so <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um but it's it's also biding your time like we were talking about earlier having a big kid job, it's like, you can't really be out playing till midnight if you're going to function the next morning or, you know, <laughs> yep, exactly. It's one of those two. <laughs> uh, a family friend of ours, actually one of the guys, the guy that probably got me into hockey, you know, he played beer league hockey back in the eighties in Chicago and they skated at two o'clock in the morning. So that was the only ice time they could get every week for like 15 years. Um, but that, that was what it was back then. Now, in Chicago, there's a lot more rinks, so they, they don't have to necessarily do that anymore. But it, I remember uh, Chicago put in a couple outdoor rinks when I was a kid, and they put refrigeration systems underneath. So it was always good ice with Zambonis and everything. And he got to skate at like 7 o'clock on a regular basis. He was like, this is amazing. I get to go to bed and like get a good night's sleep before work tomorrow. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned the For the Love of Puck guys. I, that's who I was actually skating with this summer was Kaz and his group. Um, I played <laughs> outdoor tournament, and that's actually where I met Chip. So it's cool that you you got to skate with them too and 
know what they're they're doing because so I, I think uh, what they're doing is really capturing uh, the essence of beer league hockey and what what it's all about. And I, I think some of what they're capturing too is that it is kind of that mental release every week too. And it's, I mean, it's really different too because I still give them a bunch of crap because they use skate laces to tie up their socks. So oh, I yeah. call it the Minnesota lace. Yep. But here we don't do that. We've never even seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the best part about skating with Kaz <laughs> is he always brings beer. Uh, without fail, he always has the beer. So that that's the best part of going to a skate with him. <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah there, there's some things up here in minnesota that uh you you wouldn't see out in california the fact that they call the hockey pants breezers um that's always a, a debate in the locker room with out-of-state players that and instead of duck duck goose they call it duck duck gray duck here for some reason um yeah that that, that one's a hotly debated uh, argument uh but the, the skate lace was one of those when i first came up here for college is like Okay, that's cool. That's smart. Less tape. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, so <laughs> we, we talk outdoor skating in that group. Have they tried getting you to come to Minnesota to skate outdoors like they did Chip? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been in the works, but I have a different job that it's like, I don't get PTO. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, my, my brother-in-law's girlfriend is a trainer. So I, I totally understand that. Uh, it, it was pretty funny to see Chip so bundled up uh, when the rest of us are like, it's not that cold. It's only like 10 degrees out. <laughs> yeah. I see like the Southern California girls don't understand it or people I should say where I grew up where it was dumping snow so I know the cold weather (laughs) luckily it's dry wet it's dry the dry cold we're here like you know everybody complains about how moist the air is and the humidity or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah well I I think you came here in February when it's literally 30 below zero you might change your tune about being prepared for the cold because nobody's prepared for that Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I gotta get back to my notes here cause you've hit on a few topics that have kind of had me jumping around, which is awesome. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no, that it, that's good. It, that's how goalie brains work. Um, so I, on your fitness profile, you share quite a few <laughs> inspirational quotes every day. Um, and I, I think that's important for fitness, but do you find, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, especially right now, do you find that's helping your mental health? You know, as we talked about the lift the mask project, do you find that that's maybe more of a driving reason? Is it more for you than it is for others? Um, really it started with, uh, my therapist telling me that daily <laughs> affirmations were a good thing. Yes. Um, so I have post-it notes all over my house and all in my car. And I normally leave myself stuff just as a daily reminder. And then normally at the end of the day, I have an alarm set that I'll just give myself a couple minutes to go through everything that I'm grateful that for that day. Um, just because it was the self of lack that I kept freaking out about, (laughs) 
Um, it was this whole like never feeling good enough that I kind of had to just talk myself into it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I've just been deciding that I was just going to spread it with, to everybody. <laughs> and, and I got to imagine some people are really appreciative. <laughs> um, and then my, I mean, a lot of people like it and I feel like other people that don't, you can just scroll, keep scrolling past it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. Well, and like you said earlier, you you found that um, the trolls aren't as bad as people think, but I think that's also part of the hockey culture too, is people are like, well, hey, it, it kind of the, the old thumper. If I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not going to say it. So I think a lot of hockey players are just kind of like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything, but if, if we do like something, then we're we're all over it. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, and I, I think a lot of times too with hockey players, it might come off that we're being mean or rude about something, but it's really, I, I think it's our twisted sense of humor where we're picking on each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes the way I feel like you have to learn it. that chirping's a good thing. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I remember my cousin um, when she came out to us and we started joking and picking on her right away and she started crying we're like oh no did we say something wrong and she just goes no I just know that if you're picking on me it's okay <laughs> like that that's how it works and it, it's it's the same thing in the locker room if they're not picking on you then you need to worry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that I forget who I was talking to but they said uh the first time uh a prank was pulled on them that's when they knew they were accepted. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I feel you, like that's normally when it goes. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't be mad when that stuff happens because you know, that's just part of the initiation in a way. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you always know that you're not accepted until you get a nickname and you don't get a nickname until you do something dumb. <laughs> yeah. And usually the nickname is just your last name shortened up. Um, <laughs> So I, I don't know why it takes so long sometimes. Um, but m my nickname in college was like just out of nowhere. We all went bowling. At, we're, I was working a hockey camp uh, before my freshman year after I graduated high school. And it was our night between sessions. And we, we may have had a few beverages and we went down to bowl. And the one guy's typing the names on the computers and he looks at me and goes, you got a nickname? Because he was putting all the nicknames in there. I said, no, I don't. And he just kind of squinted his eyes. And I think that was so he could see me clearly. And he just blurts out, Bondo, I like it. And he puts it in the computer. And there it's stuck for four years. <laughs> That's normally how it goes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and the best part was it had absolutely no meaning behind it. You know, <laughs> it was just, you know, later years, freshmen would come in. They're like, well, what's the name? Be you know, the story behind the uh nickname or the meaning is like absolutely no meaning it was drunk bowling that that's the only explanation <laughs> it was accidental <laughs> yeah it was like it just it worked <laughs> yeah i i think i've shared it on the uh podcast before but uh the coaches would just call me joe bondo after that and they would put that on the <laughs> practice schedule joe bondo and the best part was you know sophomore junior year that that was on the practice schedule during tryouts but when the final roster was listed, the coach put my actual name and there were kids looking at it. They're like, who's this Drenning kid? I was like, guys, that's me. Like, no, it's not. 
Yeah, I, I, I had to pull out my license to prove to him that my legal name was not Bondo. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, so that, that, that was a fun one. And, and to this day when I see my teammates, it, you know, they still call me Bondo 20 years later. <laughs> so that that's been kind of that's kind good of, friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's if, if I hear that in a crowd, I, I know exactly the the type of person I'm about to be talking to too. <laughs> so, um, so I, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know I like to kind of end the podcast by asking a series of rapid fire questions that uh, I, I'm trying to leave myself more time for each episode because they seem to take a lot longer than the few minutes I thought they would. Uh, <laughs> so my first one, um, very much like when I talked to a vintage goalie who didn't uh, play organized hockey uh, is a youth, uh, you may not have a great answer for this one, but it doesn't always have to be hockey. I, I'll put it that way is what's the craziest coaching moment uh, you've experienced during your playing days? And, and I always like to, you know, use the example of I, I was at a Blackhawks mm -hmm. game when Mike Keenan went berserk on the Panthers bench and started throwing sticks out there, you know, something like that, or just a good uh, letter Kenny type coach rant kicking the cans type of deal. <laughs> I never played organized sports before this. So like, like you said, it would have to be somebody else, but, uh, <laughs> um, I can only like go off of like the first season that I had in playing hockey. And it was just, you know, we were beer league team and our rookie. And, our, you know, coach, if you will, <laughs> yeah. somebody's husband came in the locker room and was just like, at least we tried. <laughs> so yeah. for me, that was one of the cooler ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he grabbed a beer and walked away. So it was like, you know, <laughs> it was one of those moments that it's like, it's going to stick with me forever. <laughs> uh, that, that, that reminds me of one of the coaching moments we had. It was uh, my freshman year and it was right around Christmas time. And it's like 10 minutes before the game. We're all just kind of doing final adjustments to our equipment before the coach walks in. And this guy kicks open the door, comes flying open. Most of us have never seen the guy before. And he just comes in clapping his hand. Yeah, we got a lot of losses, fellas. Just keeps clapping his hands and walks out. And we're like, who the heck was that? Well, what, one of the kids starts laughing. It was his uh, older brother who had just finished up college and was now coming home to be an assistant coach. But that was our introduction to the new assistant coach. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of losses and then storms back out. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he turned out to be a pretty, pretty decent guy, pretty decent coach uh, after that. But it was like, man, that, that, that's an introduction. Um, so the, the next question is, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Uh, this is probably going to be kind of lame, but I'm a Sharks fan. I always have been. I think Brian Hayward is one of my favorites of all time. Th that's, that is a good mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be in the top <laughs> 10 of anybody's list. Um, you know, my feeling is when you see it, replicated so many different times, you know, it's a good design. Um, 
I, I loved when Eddie Belfour was in San yeah. Jose. In fact, and I'm it wearing, just looked mean. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it was just like the perfect mask at you know at the time. But uh, I'm a big Eddie Belfour fan. I'm wearing my Eddie Belfour San Jose jersey right now. Um, I loved his look in San Jose with the teal, and it was just like <laughs> great look for him. Uh, all seven games that he was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what is your favorite rink that you've played at and why? Oh, um, I grew up in Tahoe. So my favorite rink so far, um, it was the 1980s Olympics. Um, so we had the Olympic ice at the top of the mountain. Um, so it just has the lake and it's huge. And it was just one of the best things that I've ever done and it was when I was still a kid so uh getting to play out there in goalie or in hockey gear was kind of cool yeah <laughs> and then when I went up as an older kid it you drink a beer at that altitude and you get wasted a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a good trade-off depending on the way you look at it um th- this yeah. is- <laughs> The next question is one that some people, they really have to think about and others, they just off top of their head, they have an answer. What's the, your favorite stick that you've used? I've only had two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, I got it, the gold equipment sale. So it was just a random stick that I have worn out to its max. And now I have it. so the the question was and you started breaking up uh when you answered the stick you're using it sounded like it was a bower um what what model are you using yeah the 2s did it work that time the the 2s pro (laughs) okay so you mentioned with your equipment that you know a lot of it is kind of that no you're you're good so um, I, I wanted to follow okay. up on that one and ask, you know, with your equipment, you mentioned, uh, a lot of times you have to go with the intermediate. Are you using intermediate sticks as well, or are you using a senior stick with a taller paddle? I like it taller. So it's a 26 inch paddle. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've got a 28 inch taller than me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm one of those goalies that likes a taller paddle too. I, I think I have a 28 inch where technically if I were an NHL goalie, that would be illegal because they only go up to 27 inch for some reason. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've always liked a bigger stick. Um, uh, I usually ask the, the next question is what's your favorite youth hockey memory, but for you, I'll change it to what's your favorite hockey memory so far? Um, Oh man. I think my favorite one so far has been Oh man. <laughs> hard, hard one. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh Man, uh there's so many good ones. Let me speak. Mm. <laughs> I know lately it just seems like anytime we can get on the ice. I think my favorite ones have just been 100%. Um, favorite hockey memory so far, though, I think has been 
running into um oh, oh <laughs> Owen Nolan at a Sharks game. I think that that was one of my favorite things. Um, just because I never, you never have to run into an actual player. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. It's, it's always fun when those, those opportunities arise. Um, growing up in the neighborhood, I did. I ran into Chris Chelios and Eddie Olchek uh, a couple times. In fact, Eddie Olchek went to my high school, so that was one of the places I ran into him. Uh, so it's, you don't expect to see them in places like that. Um, so the, the next question, <laughs> you, we talked about chirps a little bit earlier. What's the best chirp you've heard in the locker room or on the ice? Yeah. <laughs> I think currently it's been a player that was clearly playing down just so he felt better. Keep your head up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, this is a question that, uh, is, uh, a lot of people have strong feelings on what's the worst post game beer you've had. Um, I mean, <laughs> for me, one of, one of the, after we played in was just because duck sites and that that was one and then the other one it's this cali cream in here game it's the worst <laughs> <laughs> see for, for me the only bad beer i've had has been a warm beer um it, as long as it's cold I, I seem to be okay with it um now the, the the next question is one that uh sometimes people debate quite a bit uh, when you tape your stick do you go heel the toe or toe to heel uh it's heel the toe but i tape the tip first okay now w- <laughs> when you say you tape the tip first do you kind of take the tape and run it along i guess you could call it the spine and fold it over or do you just tape the tip normally and then go back So you like sandwich the tip at the end and okay. then you cut off the excess. <laughs> okay. So you do it that way. You make a little pocket around it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're yeah. not alone. I, I know a lot of just hockey players in general that they like to uh, do that there. So that makes sense. Not everybody likes the tip covered. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like um, it a lot better. <laughs> yes. Um, when you're playing, what, what's your favorite number to wear? Uh, originally it was 13. Um, I've had that number since I was a kid. Um, it's been in my, my dad always used it. So it was a big deal. And then I found out that as a goalie, that's a weird number to have. (laughs) So I tried to change it. (laughs) And then I went to six because, um, in the military, six means I've got your back. So I've always felt like I've had my team's back. So that's why I just felt like six was the best way to go. And then I didn't have to fight over 13 with other people. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you know, in, in these days, I, I think you're starting to see it doesn't matter. There's no traditional goalie number anymore. So, uh, you know. We're, that's we're, a lie and you know it. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if it is because it's one or 30 something. W- w- when you look at all these younger kids, even some of the NHL boys, I mean, we're seeing 88 and um, what do we see? It was 18 or 19. You know, we're seeing all these goofy numbers now. And um, 
I forget who I was talking <laughs> to. I said, I, I don't care what they wear. I just want to know the story behind it. Um, to me, that that's the interesting part. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, for, for me, even, you know, I started out wearing number 30 because I was a huge Eddie Belfour fan. Then I had a, uh, a defenseman who passed away who wore number five. So I changed to 35, you know, so it's like everybody has a number, but it's like, what's the reason behind it? That, that to me is the interesting part. Um, then in college, 35 wasn't an option. Somebody had it. And, uh, so I grabbed the biggest Jersey in the cabinet and it was 39. <laughs> um, so the, the last question is what advice do you have for young goaltenders or even, uh, older goaltenders starting out, uh, at a later, later stage in life? Uh, my biggest thing for anybody and everybody is the work you put in off the ice is just as important as the work you put on on the ice. Um, so stretching, workouts, all that stuff is just as crucial. Yes. So, you know, and proper rest days and proper uh, recovery is one of the biggest ones that I can tell anybody to do. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like that you touch upon stretching because that was instilled in me uh, for my very first year of goaltending because our goalie coach for the association, his career was uh, cut short. He was playing in the AHL, it was cut short because he didn't stretch. Um, so he instilled it into yeah. us and I still stretch every day before I go to the rink <laughs> for that reason. Um, so that, that's great advice. So where can folks find you? On Most social? goalies, it's a groin stretch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And thank goodness I've been blessed with flexibility. I can, at almost 40 years old, can still do the splits. But I know <laughs> one day that, that won't be an option. <laughs> so until then, I'm just going to keep stretching. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So where can folks find you on social media if they want to find you or follow you? Uh, so I have my goalie influenced one is teeny tendy on Instagram and <laughs> it's coach California as well on Instagram. And then I also have uh, fit by California is my Facebook. If you like the old school way of doing it. <laughs> awesome. And I'll make sure to have links to uh, all of those in the show notes to make it easy on folks. Um, some of us are still on Facebook, so that that's good. <laughs> so, uh, Callie, thanks for joining me today. We, we had some, technical... I still am, but sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you know, Hey, I, I do too. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people these days are trying to limit their social media because of all of the craziness on there. Um, but again, th thank you for totally. joining me today. We, we, we had some technical, uh, hiccups but that that's the beauty of editing and uh, <laughs> we found our way through them so th thanks for bearing with me and um thank you so much i i think you set the record for uh laughter as well so that that's awesome <laughs> i can't help it you should hear me on the ice <laughs> yeah you know i i know on sp spitting chicklets they have the you know meter i i think uh we we need the laughter meter <laughs> <laughs> for sure yes so again thank you i really appreciate it Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for all your time. It was great. <laughs> Despite the technical difficulties we encountered, Kelly and I made it through the episode. It's always interesting to talk hockey with players from 
warmer climates or non-traditional hockey markets to hear how they started in the game and, and how they find some ice time. You can find Kelly on Instagram at both Teeny Tendy and Coach California, no spaces in either of those, and on Facebook at Fit by California. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and all podcast episodes. If you want some Washed Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to click on the shop link on my website. I need to give a big thank you to the hockey band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music in the beginning and ending of my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes, listen to their music on Amazon Music, or wherever you stream your music. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you're a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media like Callie did. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Shoot me in the net, cause that's my place.